CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This Ben Jarofsky Show Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. The newspaper tells me it's Thursday, February 6, 2020. And the headline, and my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, is one of the greatest headlines of all time, I might say. So if you're listening to this like 30 years later, this is what was going on in the world on this day. Uh, Dennis and I have a little bit of dispute on this headline. He likes the one in the Tribune better. Uh, but just so you know, this is a headline having to do with the acquittal of President Donald John Trump. Uh, the Senate voted to acquit him in its infinite wisdom. And uh, so the Sun-Times headline reads, Senate acquits Trump, Teflon Don. Oh, I love that headline, Teflon Don. All right, anyway, that's the headline in, uh, in the paper today. Uh, as we do all the time in the Ben Jarowski Bonus Show, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is Mick, Mick Fansler from Chicago art rock band The Curls. Mick Fansler of The Curls returning and, guest. Yes. All right, we'll talk I just want to say that opening was his Tom Waits imitation. I asked him uh if he's going to come on the show. The, I cut a deal with Mick, okay? I said, you come on the show if you sing a Tom Waits song. Well, he did it to his homework. He doesn't have the Tom Waits song, but he does the Tom Waits in the Nighthawks at the diner. <laughs> See, I did. I got it for you. That's good enough. The art of the deal. Uh, so, <laughs> the art of the deal, indeed. All right. So, before we explain our, our long history together and, and uh, get you, because I tell you what, this is a rock and roll superstar who has a lot of political beliefs. So, we're going to get into all those. Uh, but... <laughs> Let's promote the event that you want to promote so that if uh, everybody has that as a takeaway, uh, even if they leave this podcast before it's over. Yeah, before they tune out saying, who the, who the fuck is this guy? Um, why should I care? Um, yeah, so uh, we're doing a big Bernie fundraiser at the Tonic Room on February 15th. Um, I, I guess we're calling it the Jamathon for Bernie. A lot of different opinions about that title. But uh, yeah. At 8 p.m. February 15th, Tonic Room. We've got a huge cast of Chicago musicians. Um, I'll name off a few of them. Some people actually might know them, unlike my band. Um, Bill McKay, who's on Drag City Records, is going to be there. Uh, Fran is another great band. Cordoba. Um, yeah, it's just a huge cast. The Facebook event is uh, on the internet. People can look it up and see who's playing. And uh, we're basically going to do a PBS-style telethon thing where... We're going to have a continuous jam from, I think, 9 p.m. to midnight. Um, 
with all these musicians rotating. Wait, so everybody's oh, rotating? We're going to be rotating on and off stage. Uh, our band, The Curls, we're going to start off, probably play a few of our tunes, and then we're just going to start inviting people on the stage. They might play some of their songs. We might improvise, get some free jazz going. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty wild. So it's not going to be one of those things where like they change the drum. You ever notice that? Like, <laughs> the opening act has its own drum, and then there's drum set, I mean, and then they like have to... That's not the way to do it. you got a back line, one drum kit. That's, <laughs> that's almost the main concern for every show we play in the advance... It's it's figuring out which band is going to be the sucker that has to bring the drum kit because doing the switch yeah it takes a lot of time it's a, it's, it's terrible uh, so you're not going to do that so some band is we're bringing have, all the gear the the curls are bringing we're backlining the gig <laughs> okay <laughs> this and, is very interesting shit I didn't right know here. Ben was such an audio aficionado he Talking knows all the, the terms what's on the no. rider <laughs> okay so it really it's it's a it's a source of a mild irritation if I could just get off my chest mm-hmm. you go to a show. There's an opening act. They got a perfectly good set of instruments on the stage. The skins, it, the as sk- they call them. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, there's a half-hour interlude while the roadies m- move off the perfectly good instruments. What bands are you seeing that have roadies? You must be going to the big gigs. Well, no, I, this is just... <laughs> He's a Ravinia man. <laughs> uh, there's... You do anything. I don't know if they're. I so mean, you, I just you don't right. like the you don't like the break between the bands. You want to just keep going, and that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah, that's February fifteenth exactly. at the Tonic Room. You know what? I couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Robert Mueller. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> those drops in there, dude. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the show for you, Ben. So that's <laughs> February fifteenth uh, at the Tonic Room, twenty four forty seven North Halstead in Chicago. Yes, uh, Jamathon for Bernie, but they will welcome Pete Buttigieg supporters, uh, and uh, we're gonna be doing rat checks at the door, uh, and Joe Biden supporters will also. Everyone be. is welcome because all the money's going to Bernie, yeah, so, so it doesn't yeah. matter to me, I guess. But um, um, so, all right, Mick, talk about. I can't remember anymore how uh, we came into each other's lives. I don't even remember. I know it was when I had a different radio show. Or a different show. Yeah, he runs a, a different station that we don't need. What happened, about. D? It's WCPTA20. They fired. Oh, oh right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What I, I got <laughs> fired. I've told you beforehand, I've been um, trolling them on Twitter. So, <laughs> in, your, in your honor. Uh, guys at uh, the other station who I just forgot the call letters, I didn't set them up for that, or I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, no, apparently I was too liberal. Get on. Liberal station. They're the liberal station. I was too liberal. I'm going to get over it. It's only been a year, Mick. I'm going to get over it. I'm working on it. I don't I don't get over it. You don't need to. They, okay. don't, they need to be called out, man. I don't know. They're not a progressive radio station. Yeah. I'll say that. Right, Facebook well. is how we met the curls. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. He, he reached out to me. Right. I think I was commenting on your page. Mm-hmm. This is how I meet everybody. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, one thing, and then you came on the show and you sang Christmas carols, as I recall. We did the Christmas blowout. I think we had the whole band in here. And we did some Elvis Christmas songs, and yeah. I think my drummer at the time, I remember he did a monologue about the war on Christmas that we still yeah. talk, a lot of people still talk about it today. Uh, and then someone did like a Paul McCartney Christmas song. Was we did, oh. we did, um, yeah, we did the Paul McCartney this one. This is Chris. no, is that uh, the song? Simply having a wonderful simply Christmas wonderful Christmas time. Uh, the greatest Christmas song of all time. And, uh, you think so? It's my favorite. No. I like the synthesizers. Wait, time out. The greatest. (laughs) It's a pretty good Christmas song. No way. It's the one. I will say this. It's the one that if I hear it in the department store or whatever, incessantly playing throughout the season, it's the only one that I don't get sick of. Ben Jarofsky, the greatest Christmas song of all time. 
This Christmas, fireside burning bright, and we're caroling through the night. Name the name is, the singer. Is that the uh, Jackson? No, that's Donnie Hathaway. Okay. Yeah, poor Donnie. May he rest in peace. He was never so abused as he was at that moment when I sang his. I love that song. The original Teflon Don. Sometimes I listen to uh, that song like in the middle of July. Um, all right. Has so, uh, demented Ben. Uh, uh, and so, to talk about the curls, what you've been doing lately, you, you know. Well, um, we've been not getting mentioned on best of lists. Mm, it's kind of a sore subject here. <laughs> well, we don't here. need that. We don't need to dig into that. But you guys, we have solidarity here, as far as that goes. Um, no, it's been good. I don't know. We've been doing our thing. The Carl's a Chicago based band, correct? Correct. Everybody lives in the city of Chicago. Yes. And uh, Humboldt Park. Humboldt Park area. Logan Square. In between Humboldt Park and Logan Square. But, I mean, like you guys did Pitchfork, you guys were South by Southwest, and you yes. went around the country. Yeah, we tour pretty often, play all the big gigs here in Chicago. Um, yeah, it's going good. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. We put out a record last summer. We're about to record a new record uh, in April, and uh, yeah, it's been great. I've always wondered about uh, bands that tour. How hard is it to not eat like crap? It's when uh, extremely difficult, and, you go, and <laughs> right. you go into it, and you have these high aspirations. And you, you're, we're going to go to the grocery. We're going to get lunch meats and bananas and apples. And then three days in, the entire backseat is full of and you know impossible Whopper wrappers. And, uh, <laughs> it's right. filth, you know, sodas. And where do you stay? Um, I will say we're getting to a point now where we're more able to do Airbnbs. That's been a new thing. That's been a, kind of delightful. But usually it's just floors and, and couches. You know, the classic story of. Whoever will have us, you know, the other bands maybe, or an audience member that's there will put us up. So sometimes the venues will, but that's pretty rare. And uh, do you, are you the driver? We we all can drive. We all drive now. I think it's the first time in our band that every member in our band can drive has a license. And so, you, so how we, many we cars all switch do you take? Off? We just take a van. Yeah. We actually just bought a, a real nice 2008 Honda Odyssey. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Mueller's favorite car. Uh, and uh, uh, I love that. That's yeah, that good. is That's correct. You've heard uh, our drops, our new drops, right? I am into the drops. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's our mayor. Oh, wait, here comes Bloomberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a Bloomberg question for you later. No. Oh, I got some theories about him. So we All right, we'll get that. into that. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Mick Fansler is uh, not just a. Uh, a musician, but uh, he has a lot of political opinions. Uh, and uh, so that's why he would be listening to the other station because you're more or less a progressive or lefty or whatever. You, what do you call yourself? I, um, I would consider myself a member of the, the dirtbag left. Okay. Uh, and uh, so that means you're a Bernie supporter. Sure. Uh, and um, so I have this list of uh, topics that uh, I wrote down. I, I, run, I ran a few of them by you. You had some interesting things to say about them. Uh, we're going to start off with the one I was talking about today, Nancy Pelosi. She, mm -hmm. of course, Speaker of the House. And yesterday, or was two days ago, I guess it was. No, it was Tuesday, yeah. She, when Donald Trump was giving his State of the uh, Union speech, she ripped up uh, the speech, and it's been making its way over the Internet. I was cheering her on. Go, Nancy, go. You had a slightly different take. Well, she totally owned him, Ben. <laughs> We won. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. 
No, I, I you know, I, I think the thing I said earlier, and, and it's just like, why didn't she rip up the military spending bill, you know, that she that she voted for and, and helped pass? And uh, why didn't she rip up the trade deal? You know, that would have been meaningful, I think, to me, more meaningful. It's not to say, you know, it's a powerful statement, I think, on national television to rip up the... It, it's a good optic. It looks good. It got people fired up. But what is it? I don't know. What, is it, what does that really do for, you know, the opposition to Trump? I don't think it does much. But I guess, the, you know, the one thing I heard that was a valid argument about is it's like, I guess instead of anyone talking about anything he said during the speech, the whole narrative afterwards was, you know, yeah, actually was that moment. That, yeah. So I guess like if, if the whole goal was to just basically take control of the narrative and the news cycle, then, you know, I guess congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. I just was so uh, into the the uh, the image of her ripping up. Well, yeah, right before after he didn't say he's such a <laughs> you know, and so she just said, "I'm not allowed. I'm the only one not allowed to swear in this show." Make Dennis one. Yeah, me. she gave him a big fuck you. Yes, thank you. I couldn't directly say to his back. I yes, guess. <laughs> not to his face, but well, anyway, he saw but, it eventually. But he, yeah, yeah, of course, and she knew that was that was the whole point. Yeah, and Mike Pence. Is, Oh, fucking that dope. <laughs> but it's just so bizarre. The whole, the whole event. I mean, it, the, the state of the union, it's, it's in no way resembles anything like, you know, like I know, I guess it never did, but an honest portrayal where we are as a people well, it's, at it's, this moment in time. Yeah. It's, um, it's political theater. And obviously in the case of the one the other night, it was, um, it was a rally. It was a campaign speech. It was like a rally. You know, that's what it was. That's what it was used for. So. I know with the uh, the the Republican senators breaking the chance of four more years. Yeah, the, the, all the hogs were <laughs> were all charged up. They were charged up, and then you know they give a medal to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, it was just such a. You know, there's so like we're all consumed with this Pelosi thing. I keep we keep forgetting that that happened. It was surreal, man. I mean, like what? Yeah, Rush I, I mean that I don't know. But it's not like surprising either. It's just like it, it, you can't it's obviously surreal. The whole thing is still surreal, but Did you ever listen to Rush Limbaugh? I you know, I'm familiar enough. I I'm, you know, I'm a daily listener. <laughs> Limbaugh, Alex Jones, my heroes. Uh yeah, I've listened. I you know, I know enough to know um you know, he's a dumb piece of shit, but you know, racist, openly racist and you know, and tries to conceal it with like this video. I don't know. I uh, little I've heard of him. I've really he turned me off. But one time, Dennis was in the car. We were driving to do a remote, and uh, we were with Steve, the ad salesman, our old friend from the old station. <laughs> and he thought it would be a good idea if before one of my shows I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I'm not quite sure what he was trying Is to he trying to fire you up or something. <laughs> I'm like, can we get this off? You know. He was slamming Obama. It was about a year or so ago. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it was one thing I thought about when they were strapping the metal around him. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I felt like he was someone during the Republican uh, primaries in 2016 who was, wasn't he sort of someone that was railing against Trump? I thought. Was he? I thought he was saying it would be a huge mistake for them to nominate him or something at the time. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't really. I don't remember. Shit about I, I, I got to tell you, I, I just, I, that's funny. I I just rewatched the 2016 Republican debate 
talked about this a lot on the show. Which which one? Uh, the, the first one or the thirtieth one? Uh, no, gosh, it was it was it was well into the <laughs> the series because there were only this, there were six people on stage, I think, or five. It was uh, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, um, John Kasich mm-hmm. from the governor of Ohio. Uh, ben Carson and Trump and went a lineup. So it was five. So it was like, it was, it was about literally four years ago. It was, I think it was early February. It was in Texas. George Bush, old man George Bush was there with Barbara Bush in the audience. Um, yeah. And I was watching it. Yeah. Okay, follow me in this one. I just watched CNN and I was convinced, Mick, that CNN had a bias against the Democrats, okay? And I wanted to... Um, see if my theory was validated by watching the CNN debate, the Republican debate for mm-hmm. four years ago to see, compare and contrast. So I actually watched this debate. I mean, yeah, took valuable time off my life. Uh, but um, the, one of the things, getting back to the point you were making, is uh, how hard Rubio and Cruz went at Trump, which is unthinkable today. Republican, I mean, oh, they went it's, at it's, him. Yeah. To listen to them now is yeah. hilarious. I know. Well, I mean, what it, Trump said that Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK or something, well, right? Wasn't he, that the, he kind he of vaguely the, implicated him? And now that. Cruz, you know, he's he's a bootlicker. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, did, but I, mean, I don't. Know, it's not surprising. They all have no real moral compass or um, I don't know sense of uh, values. So it's no like fixed principles there. Yeah, I don't. It's all. But that's why they. I think that's why the Republicans are always so successful, though. It's, it's part of that. It's like. They don't give a shit about anything except the power of that party. And you can see it doesn't matter. It doesn't come down to anything besides that. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a good thing per se, but um, I don't know. By the way, do you ever, do you ever worry that your uh, outspoken views uh, may cost you sales to Republicans? I don't give a shit about that, but no, no, I, I no, I don't. Okay. Wasn't it? <laughs> and, and, and I don't. I, I guess I've seen a few times when I've said something online, someone make that like a comment of like. Usually, it's a Republican will be like, "And who the fuck are you guys?" or something like that, and just make fun of how you know we're not a well-known band or something. I don't think a lot of any of our <laughs> fans. I would love to meet a Republican fan of the girls. Uh, that would be fascinating to me. But uh, I haven't ran into that, but I certainly see other bands that run into that. Well, it, uh, it was a quote attributed to Jordan, which I think he denies saying is that uh, the reason he doesn't get involved in partisan politics is because Republicans buy shoes, too. Uh, well, and, if you are, um, yeah, if you're a capitalist, then that's going to be your principle. That'll huh? be your uh, guiding principle. All right, Iowa. Thoughts on uh, what went down in Iowa two days ago? <laughs> Uh, the, I don't, they still haven't finished. They rigged counting, it, man. <laughs> they still haven't finished counting the votes. Uh, I guess not. What was all it's so, yeah, obviously that was a huge mess. And I don't know if I buy into much, too much of the conspiracy stuff or anything. I mean, I think really it was just incompetence and, you know, the whole app thing. And it's called, Sh- I mean, it's from this company called Shat. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is like a cartoon. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it was embarrassing for for the the party for sure, um, but I guess from my perspective, like I think we came. If you're a Bernie person, I think we came out of it looking pretty good, um, and I think even though now they're trying to do another recount for whatever reason, I think with 97% reporting, you know Sanders won the popular vote pretty convincingly. I think he's gonna have the same amount of delegates as uh, Mayo Pete and. Uh, 
So like, I, you know, for me, it's cool because we're just, I don't know. It, it's, it's good for Bernie. I think he did great. And we're heading into a state that it seems like he's going to do very well. in. so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to unpack there though. Well, the part that we were talking about today, uh, that, I mean, there is so much to unpack the fact that, uh, Bernie could win the popular vote, but be losing the delegate count, which is... Well, it's a stupid fucking system. Yeah. I think if anything, and all, I guess that's why I would say this, it was a good thing, because I, I would have to wager this, they're never going to do this again, the caucus. I don't, th- I don't think the caucus, I think they'll probably... Or I hope, primary. I hope. It seems like even across all the campaigns, I think, other than Pete's, I think everyone agrees that this is the dumbest thing ever to uh, to have that confusing of a system. Um, Pete loves it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. He won. He, he won. won. <laughs> he won before they did, had the election. Yeah. He claimed victory on Sunday. Uh, no, you know, it's just, it's so stupid. And, you know, the whole system of like, that caucus thing, too, it's like how many, there's so many people that cannot participate in that. Yeah. Because of the reality of their lives. Um, and they tried to remedy that with these satellite caucuses, I guess, which were majority, I think, people of color, working people that work third shifts. Um, and that, I feel like that, that was, I mean, that doesn't and they solve didn't it. Co- they, their votes weren't even counted. And they st- yeah. And that's what this whole recount bullshit is yeah, about. Yeah. Is they're, they're worried about discrepancies with that. And it's like, oh, it's interesting that all these satellite caucuses that went overwhelmingly for Bernie because they were reporting the shit in real time. And the Bernie campaign, did a, they were prepared for this because they created their own uh, app and system to be able to give live updates as what's happening. And, you know, it's just. I, all right. So let me ask you this. It should be who gets the most votes. Like, yes, I agree. What are we doing? Well, same thing with the electro, uh, our the big event, of course. Well, that and that's what's like. I'm hearing like these centrist people that are acting like we're crazy to be making this argument when they made the same argument in 2016. That you know Hillary got the most votes, she should have won, yeah. which I agree. And now we're saying the same thing about Actually, this, and it's like you know where are they now to defend that whole concept? I, I, I'm with you, but I just want to make one point here on this. It's one of my favorite topics. Actually, they, they weren't there in 216. And th- to your point about Republicans, this is one of my favorite themes. Twice in this uh, century, Republicans have captured the White House even though they lost the popular vote. Twice in the century, in your lifetime. Yes, 20 years, yeah. Yes, so happened with Al Gore, happened uh, with Hillary Clinton. If it had been reversed, if a Republican had won the popular vote, but lost the White House, we'd be already 20 years into a movement mm-hmm. to abolish electoral college. No doubt in my mind. We would, there would be, it would be championed by Fox TV, Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, you name it. They would point out that uh, how unfair it is that the majority willed, that it's just a bunch of elites in New York mm-hmm. City and California that determine who are... Pre- you know that's how the game they would play. Oh, absolutely. And the Democrats don't play... The Democrats, well, those are the rules. We have to be civil, Ben. Yeah. We have to be... We need decency. Yeah. Fuck that shit, man. Like, have a backbone. But you're right. It's like, if that would have happened to a Republican, they would never have let it go until it changed. You know, it's just it would be Trump was saying the election was rigged before the election happened. 
He was saying the election. He was already calling into the yeah. question the outcome because he figured he was. Gonna, he believed the polls too. He thought it was. Oh, he lose. was. I think he was uh, convinced he would lose. And I, I mean, back then, my theory was he wanted to lose at that point because yeah. it had gotten out of hand. Now I think he's. I don't know. I think he's, he's evolved on that. Yeah, he's like, oh man, this I think is he's fun. Pretty pleased. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got all this power. I make money. Yeah. Everybody kisses. No collusion. Down. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I like it all. I like it all. That's oh, one of my favorite way, Trump quotes. Um, do a little reading over the weekend. Oh, you got the Mueller report? report yeah. <laughs> oh, hell <laughs> yeah. I'm going to light up and read that this weekend. It's going to be great. And get back to us next week with a, a full account <laughs> of the Mueller report. All right. So as long as we're talking about Iowa and how bizarre it is, your thoughts on Mayor Pete? Mm. Um, I think he's a rat. <laughs> That's, I don't know. That sums well, it up, huh? I, I think he is representative. It's just so ironic that he's like the youngest candidate and he's represents to me like such an archaic version of a politician. Cause I think, I don't think I've ever really heard him say like what he really believes in particularly. It's just kind of, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's, he's a hollow politician. That's my impression of him. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like him. I have this. What, new, do, what do you think? Well, I, I haven't tested this out yet. So here we go. This is an untested idea. Are you a sports fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I know Dennis is, although he usually doesn't let me talk about it. But so <laughs> I, uh, a huge basketball fan, and uh, I watched Michael Jordan's career from the moment it began in the NBA to it ended. And I, I like, there's, he had a certain style. And he had a way of carrying himself on the court. He had a way of, like when he was tired, he would he would lean over and he would hold it. He would be holding his shorts. The way he walked, the way he talked, there was just like Michael Jordan had a presence. And because I watched so many games, I uh, I became aware of all the aspects of his presence. Then Michael Jordan retires, and a new superstar emerges, Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. I start watching Kobe Bryant. And make it became apparent to me that Kobe Bryant was absorbing Michael Jordan. It, it was like the way he talked like Michael yeah, Jordan. Yeah. He and, walked and he had that amble walk. When he bent over it, he would clutch his uh, shorts like Jordan. I mean, yeah, I'm totally. like, oh my God, this guy is freaking like, obsessed with Jordan. And I, I understand the obsession because I had it. But I wouldn't not go and emulate it on the court, you know. Right. <laughs> Uh, Pete Buttigieg is to Barack Obama mm -hmm. what Kobe Bryant is to Michael Jordan. I think Pete's like, he's like um, Barack Obama fan fiction, like walking Barack Obama fan fiction. Um, meaning like, yeah, it's just like this imitation without any substance. Obama or Clinton? No, Obama. No, Obama, for uh, he, sure. Obama. He the way he yeah. speaks, the way he moves his head, everything you're absolutely right. He studied Obama mm -hmm. because Clinton is already two generations ahead of him. Clinton, uh, Pete Buttigieg, I don't know if he was in the politics in the 90s. No, but he was training in the CIA. No, no, he, has, he was still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> He's still in high school in South Bend. They start him early. Uh, and uh, they, they get their... Uh, anyway, uh, so um, 
Yeah, no, I think it was Obama. I think from about 2008 to 2016, he studied. But anyway, that's my Kobe Bryant. It seemed to pass muster with you. I'm going to write a combo about it next week. There we go. Um, all right. Uh, but you got to give him credit. What a bold and ballsy move. He claims to, victory. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should uh, run. He should move to Venezuela and <laughs> just uh, become the president. Uh, president um, for life. Yeah, it's just that's pretty gross, man. And it, you can see the people that have coalesced behind him people he takes money from like it's just i don't know i just think he's a load of shit but i i'm kind of happy about it because i think if that it seems like he's emerging as sort of the final centrist boss mm-hmm. well we'll talk about bloomberg mm-hmm. but as far as biden klobuchar yeah. pete i think biden is is pretty close to done i don't think klobuchar has ever been much they've tried to push her as hard as they can and it's not happening so you can tell they're coalescing around pete if if it's Pete is getting past Pete, I, I'm not worried about it because like, what is he at like one percent with African American voters? Yeah, uh, I, I think across the board um, may have inflated that a little bit, but yeah, around there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm being generous. Yeah, um, he's gonna get smashed in South Carolina and Nevada, and it's gonna be over. So it's not even a real threat, but it certainly is annoying. Uh, all right, so here, here's here's what, a little challenge we uh, do. Get guys are sleeping on Tom Steyer, by the way. Just saying, dude, he's he's poor Tommy got less than one percent of the vote and <laughs> endorsed Bernie. Tom, you know he won't do it. He loves him. He's in love with Bernie. Hold on, let me uh, see if the final results in the oh in the DNC. Yeah, no Michael Chile. Bennett fans in the building. <laughs> no, on. dude, what uh, about the Delaney heads? Yeah. Oh, the Delaney. He dropped out, right? <laughs> yeah, Delaney's he gone. He does. Mm-hmm. Sad moment. Right, I can't uh, find it here anyway. I'll find it later. All right, just do so push-ups for the rest of his life. Here's the challenge uh, that uh, we give many of our guests. Uh, so you're a Bernie supporter, correct? Yeah. All right. Uh, but let's say Bernie uh, wasn't on the ballot and you had certain choices and you had to both <clears throat> choose from these two choices, okay? So you th- right. Bernie's not an option. All right. So if you had to choose between the following two, who would you vote for? <laughs> Mayor Pete, <sighs> Joe Biden. Who do you vote for? Biden. All right. Very good. If you had to choose between Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar. (laughs) (laughs) If if you had to choose between Mayor Pete and Michael Bloomberg, who would you vote for? (laughs) Dude, I'm not voting. I drop out of the system then. No, it's like you got to. Jill Stein. I'd vote for (laughs) Jill Stein. You got to. You have no choice. You have to vote for one of these two. I don't know, man. Bloomberg. (laughs) I'm with you. Every single one of those. Uh, All right. Um, Now, here we go. Now we uh, we work it down. All right, here we go. (laughs) The best of. Twisted. Joe Biden versus Amy Klobuchar. Who do you vote for? Klobuchar. Wow. (laughs) I go with Biden. Uh, Amy. Well, I mean, it would be fun to just be on the ride with Joe. To a degree, just to, just to see him hanging out and doing his thing. So I don't. I'll, I'll switch to Biden. All right, didn't take much. I should be a canvasser. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Joe Biden showdown versus Michael Bloomberg. Biden. <laughs> now that's pretty easy. Why? What, what's what's the difference between Joe Biden and Bloomberg? Put money aside. Just an ideology. Well, Joe Biden's a Democrat. 
<laughs> well, there's something. So is uh, Bloomberg right now. Well, whatever. Yeah, he's, I'd love to see how it's going to play when if he gets a nomination and, uh, you know, you just have a loop of him speaking at the 2004 Republican National Convention. That'll work. And, really and endorsing well. uh, uh, McCain over Obama. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, I don't know. Maybe that stuff doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Trump has broken all the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. The whole... What was the we were talking about, the whole it was Biden Bloomberg is that the question Yes What's the difference Yeah I don't there's probably not much difference from a policy standpoint I guess but I don't know I just I if that one it would come down to who I like yeah. more personally to be honest which is Biden's not something I usually give a shit about but I go with Biden because I think Bloomberg is like uh, he's like an evil character in my mind as far as what he represents If in you American politics. if you were a centrist. If such a thing were possible, man, who would you want to be representing the Democratic Party right now? I don't know. That's a tough one. I, it's really hard to put myself in that position, but it certainly wouldn't be Buttigieg. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. But I, I, I don't know. Like, what? What are some people that come to your mind? I don't know. I I've been and saying then, lately, if I were a centrist, I'd be for Bloomberg. Uh, because mm. money talks in politics, and if you're, I can't see any distinction of significance on ideology and and uh, worldview between Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Biden, and Bloomberg. Yeah, uh, I could see different paths that they've taken to get to where they've got. Correct, Bloomberg uh, was a Republican, and then he was an Independent, and then uh, he was a Democrat before he was a Republican. So uh, yes, obviously they've uh, come at it from different ways. But I would just say, oh, well, this guy's got billions of dollars. He could spend billions of dollars. He, he could win. So that's who I would go if I was a centrist. I guess. I, I'm not a centrist, though. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's a hard. I don't even. I, it's hard to think about that. I, I don't, would you consider Kamala to be a centrist? Yes. I'd probably pick her over most of that yeah. lot, to be honest. Actually, it's not. I don't know but what I don't, Kamala is. I don't is. know what. Because she yeah. supported the Medicare for all bill. Until she and did. then disavowed it in yeah. the debates because she thought that would play well and it really worked out. Same with Warren. I mean, how did that work? It's just, yeah, I don't know. But if I had to, I would consider her a centrist. So, and I would probably take her over that lot. But that's not saying much. Yeah, uh, I was. There was a moment, a, a brief moment in time, Mick, where I was uh, drinking the Kamala Kool Aid. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, did you and my mom in the KIF? It's <laughs> your mom. Yeah, so I, this is actually a pretty good story here. Um, my mom is a huge Hillary head, like despised Bernie in that election, very hot about it. Uh, was a huge Kamala head, and this in the primary, um, and just in the past few weeks, she's come around to my end of things. And she lives in South Carolina. So this is actually kind of important in my mind. And uh, I convinced her to vote for Bernie. And she seems to be, you know, like softening on all of it. She seems to be, I don't know. I think it's just like bringing up like the ideas of how he is engaging young people into the process for her was, has been really convincing, I think. And it seems like even she is starting to see like the media and the DNC coalescing to sort of just destroy Bernie. And I think even that it's like, it's bugged her. And this is someone who's more of a traditional, you know, like liberal Democrat. So back in, so, in, in 2016, your mom would chastise you about Bernie. She would, she wouldn't, it's not like that necessarily. She wasn't, it, I, she just hated, she really hated him because he was in the way of Hillary. And my mom, 
it was a it was it's like when people vote because they feel a very personal connection to someone and it doesn't really have much to do um it doesn't have as much to do with policies mm-hmm. um not to say i think my mom probably also thought hillary's policies were fine but yeah you know my i mean i understood yeah. that too i think just her growing up in the 50s and 60s and um i don't know i think the the idea of a woman being president and which i think we all want um if it's the right person but uh yeah i understood it but it was like that caused this vitriol towards what in her mind the, the thing that was standing in, in the way of it so do you think there's misogyny in the bernie sanders <clears throat> campaign I think there's misogyny in all the campaigns, inevitably, because there's misogyny in, I think, every aspect of our society. So I don't know. I, I think that's sort of like a trapdoor question or something. Um, that, that's what I would say. A trick. Because I see that they try to play that all the time. But uh, yeah, that would be, that's what I would say. And then I also would probably just bring up that, you know, there's hit the majority of his supporters are women. And I, it seems like he's hit the majority of his team. Uh, on the campaign are women and, and a lot most of them are women of color so i just think it's like a bunk it's a bunk argument but. well clearly uh it, it, it's obvious that um there's polling or focus group samples that have shown the other campaigns that he's weak in this part and if it's a leftover from uh, the Hillary campaign of 2016, if it's because uh, so many of his supporters, and who knows who, who's who on in the internet, but so many people claim to be Bernie supporters are such freaking jerks all the time. Uh, and uh, so I, it's out there. And so I'm pretty sure that uh, that's what they they gathered in their uh, focus groups. Well, <laughs> and they're, they're using it because yeah. it polls well. I guess, but I, I don't see any evidence that it does pull well. Um, I don't know what they're seeing. I mean, they seem to have this narrative that if anyone is critical of someone on Twitter, like calls someone a name, that that's representative of of the whole campaign or the whole movement. And I don't know. It's just bullshit. It's like cherry picking things that fit your narrative. So I don't know. It's just I think they're all just. Um, it's like we were talking about like critics earlier for the show that can't take it when it comes back at them. And I think there's a lot of those people that start that narrative where it's just, you know, their whole power structure is being challenged right now. If you're someone that's in the centrist wing of the democratic party. So naturally you're going to cook something up. And if it works (laughs) to oppose that. Yeah. Um, you know what I heard is polling well, the Jamathon for Bernie 2020, Saturday, February 15th at the Tonic Room. And That's pulling really well. And Rock it, man. If you <laughs> go to that show, you'll hear Mick Fansler and the Curls sing a song, which Mick Fansler's going to do right now. Okay. On the spot. <laughs> Love Jesus it. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not going to sing this song, Ben, but... And Mick Fansler wearing a t-shirt, by the way. Ben, you know, you know that guy on the t-shirt is? And then you don't. It's the greatest pro wrestler of all time. Who's that? Brett the Hitman Hart. Britney oh. Spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Britney and Brett on the shirt here. Jealous. From uh, I'll, I'll do a name drop. My this Instagram account called Selfies, Food, and Pets. He makes these really cool mashup shirts, meme shirts. 
So I got the Bret Hart, Britney Spears, Napalm. Do you know who Napalm Death is, Ben? He's a huge fan. Uh, How yeah. out of touch are you, Ben? No, I do like Napalm T- Tell Death. us your favorite uh, Napalm Death song. Um, What's the title of it? Old 55. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freeway, Cars and Trucks. Old 55, <laughs> Bag of Bones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, I really enjoy their version of... Uh, uh, what's my favorite song by them? Uh, Lady Love. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lady yeah. Love. Lady Love. Nothing like Napalm Death, Lady Love. <laughs> yeah. I gotta warm up. Okay. <laughs> by burping. I also have a disclaimer. My my vocals are a little thrown out from doing some karaoke last night. Oh, it's night, the Ben so Jarofsky I, show. Yeah, Don't worry. I apologize. He sings, he sings all the time. Yeah, he's awful. Hey, well, wait a, a minute. <laughs> Our listeners are used are used to not that great singing, but I'm sure you're going to be great. You got to we'll, be better than me. Well, we'll see, I guess. So, yeah, well, I guess this is like the most, uh, I don't know how political the song is, but I, I guess I, I try to make fun of Donald Trump in it in the least um, cliche, corny way I could. Uh, but this song is going to come out soon, so I guess this is a promo for that. There goes love, and there goes humor, there goes love. There goes humor I'm talking Trump and Amy Schumer Like a hangnail or a tumor comes violence and there goes brain dead here comes violence and there goes brain dead like blood and that's what she said I pick my nose and my ass till I'm dead Trump and Amy Schumer Like a hangnail or a tumor
I can't believe you can't even read The writing on the wall 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 The writing on Can't believe you can't even read. That's correct. Right. Very oh. good, man. Big fans, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. That was good. What's the name of that song? It's called New Country. Uh-huh. There goes love and there goes humor. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me get the uh, uh let me get your writing. Let me hear you break it Amy down. Schumer. <laughs> Yes. You said you're going to break it down. Oh, I want to hear you. I wanted to hear you. No, I was. Tr- I was. I saw you to... taking notes. Yeah, I was taking notes. <laughs> but unfortunately, Mick, I have a bad thing to admit. I can't read my writing. Come on, Ben. Uh, it says, "There goes love, and there goes humor." <laughs> Who t- can't he remember was... what they wrote down? No, like I can't. I can't. Transcript from the courtroom of and the Amy Schumer, like a hangnail or a tumor. But there yeah. was, I can't read the word that's in front of Trump. <laughs> Talking. Talking. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking. Oh, excuse me. You didn't know. I'm talking here. (laughs) I just can't relate with uh, not knowing what I wrote down like like five minutes after I I wrote it down. I just can't relate with it. I believe you can't even read. I can't read. Yeah, I can't read. But I can. uh, (laughs) Now I can read it. I'm talking Trump and Amy Schumer. So, uh, one more time. Where and when is the show? February 15th at the Tonic Room, uh, 8 p.m. And it's ten bucks again. Everything, all the money goes to the Bernie Sanders campaign. And you know, I didn't even. I was going to ask you. Oh, I just realized I did not ask you uh, the most important question of the day, hmm. which is: uh, Do you agree or disagree that uh, Adam Sandler was unjustly treated at the Oscars? <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's get into this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. We were what? Uh, what's the deal? That's it's such bullshit. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who cares about the Oscars? I guess, but he definitely deserved it. Absolutely, uncut that's gems. A, that's like the best movie it's ever. Just, yeah, I just needed to get that uh, out. This is there. how I win, baby. Uh, and Annie Murphy also got. Uh, I I totally agree. I uh, thought that movie was great. Dolomite. Yeah, love that movie. Seen it twice. And uh, so anyway, so I'm glad we see eye to eye in that. Mick Fanser, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, one more time, February 5th, 15th, 15th. at 8 p.m. at the Tonic Room, 2447 mm-hmm. North Halstead. It's a benefit for Bernie Sanders. Thank Mick. Thank you very much for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. And that is another Ben Jarofsky bonus show. Take care, everybody. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Remember that. <laughs>